We're going to look in 1 Thessalonians today together. Thank you for that good cup of cold water. First Thessalonians in chapter 1. And uh, let's read it, verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. What a wonderful occupation. Of course, this is the apostle writing to these dear believers. But just in passing, I... I know I've failed in 2011 and certainly before that. But but what an attitude to have toward one another, but like that of the Apostle and of these men, Paul, Silvanus, and Timotheus, giving thanks to God for one another, praying for one another continually. It's easy. It's easy to find fault. It's easy to criticize. But when we see difficulties, let's pray for one another. When we see things of the grace of God in one another, let's give thanks to God for one another. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering, verse 3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, we're going to read some more in Thessalonians and the will of the Lord. uh, Because on my heart today is is the thought of the coming of the Lord. We'll be taking note of this, but just in case we don't get everywhere we might get. uh, at, At the end of each of these five chapters is the reference to the coming of the Lord. You see, these Thessalonian believers uh, 
here we are still in the first century following his the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And fresh in all of their minds was the reality of the promise that he said, if I go away, I'll come again and receive you to myself. Where I am there, you may be also. And that wasn't an, a thought in their minds of, well, I wonder if it'll be uh, 1,500, 2,000, maybe 2,012. Maybe. No, it was in their minds that He's coming soon. He's coming very soon. And even in the mind of the Apostle, uh, was that imminent return of the Lord Jesus. I trust that maybe in a, in a fresh sense. Maybe we've, because we've been in Christ, perhaps many of us here for decades, maybe the uh, freshness and anticipation uh, has kind of dwindled. It, yeah, it does. But it can be rekindled as we look into His Word. And what's going to characterize us until that event? I just appreciate in this first chapter at the very end of it, kind of starting backwards in the first chapter, is that he sees these Thessalonian believers as people who are waiting. See, verse 10, that's what it says, isn't it? They're waiting for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivered us from the wrath to come. In my mind, I, I picture... I picture families in, in this country and their husbands or wives, fathers, sons, daughters have been away on missions and the outcome has been uncertain. But they are they're waiting. They're anticipating. They're expecting. They're longing for to see that son, that daughter, I, I think among my favorite scenes is to see children or a wife uh, totally surprised and in the depths of joy at them finding themselves in the embrace of their loved ones. They've been waiting for it. They just didn't know it was going to be that day. But the moment arrived, perhaps unexpectedly, but not without anticipation of the return of loved ones and then finding themselves in their arms to rejoice and to be reunited. These Thessalonian believers were in, were in the fresh enjoyment of what it meant to have been delivered from well they they had turned to God from idols 
they, they, they had in their lifetime past had been in the darkness of idolatry, of sin, captivated. But when these men, through difficulties, struggles, through great cost, had brought them the gospel, well, he reminds them, Verse 4, knowing, beloved, brethren, beloved, your election of God. It was all of God's grace. But the apostle and these, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, had been involved together in God's work. What he had elected, selected to happen... They weren't looking at it and sitting home and saying, well, God's going to save who He's going to save and we'll just sit by. But they understood their responsibility. God is a God of grace. But He's commissioned all of us to go out. uh, Well, John chapter 20, isn't it? As my Father has sent me, so send I you. And these disciples understand we're not just sitting around and waiting for Him to come, but there's business to do while He's gone. We're the carriers. We're the messengers. Isn't that what He speaks of here? As He, as he speaks of the, Him bringing to them, bringing the Gospel to them in, in great tribulation. It wasn't a walk in the park. It was, a, it was a labor of love. And it was a work of faith. And it was patience of hope. And they then in turn were involved in this. And that's what he's thanking God for them. He's, he's saying that look, you've been involved because of your faith. You're working. Even as we worked and brought the gospel to you. And God did His work of saving you, and it's all His. To God be the glory. He says now in turn, I'm thanking God for you, because your faith is working. You're involved in the same work that you've seen us do. And you're laboring because you love. This is not a... just respond to command... But it's a, it's a bond slave uh, activity. It's, it's a recognition of it's a recognition that we've been brought into this relation, yes, as we sang this morning, because of love that surpasses human thought. And in responding to that love, they're laboring. They're laboring as they're waiting for his son, from heaven. And they're doing it patiently in the expectation of all that God has said it's going to come true. Now maybe maybe that kind of fades in our mind too. Maybe we even sometimes we'd hate to admit it would have moments in quietness of doubt and just lack of trust. Is this 
all real? I'm not just among a people who think this is so. But then our hearts and our minds turn to the Scriptures. And we understand that our faith is, is, is in a living God. In a, in a living God whose timetable and whose purposes are exactly on course. In our world, in our nation, and in our own lives, it's working. He's working. He's personal. And all of His promises. And that's why the Word of God is, is so vital to us as believers. It's not just a discipline that, that we should be involved in, in, in imbibing the Word. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you're finding your faith weak and tottering, it's likely because we haven't been in the Word. And, and, it's, and it's living to us. And it's reassuring to us. And we're reminding ourselves through the Word that our God is faithful. Four thousand years it was from the first promise to mankind of, of, his, of his coming and repeated through the centuries. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. And these believers in Thessalonica, as they'd experienced the power of God, because of the election of God, combined with the faithfulness of God's servants in carrying the message, they had come to serve. They turned for, to God from idols to serve the living God. To serve the living God. Like we were trying to emphasize this morning, He's personal. It's Himself that is with us. It's Himself that, that, that purged our sins. It's Himself that lives in the power of His glorious resurrection. It's Himself that is coming. And these believers who had been experiencing the deadness of idolatry had now come into the living warmth of relationship with the Lord Jesus serving Him in a living, vital way. Uh, not in a happenstance way, but daily in their experience. Because they were, they were, they were mimics. You became followers of us and of the Lord. Verse 6, having received the Word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And their examples, their models to others. You think of how, uh, what about, wonder if, am I a, a model of, of what a Christian should be? I mean, that's what I should be. Not because I'm up here, but because if we're believers, we've turned from idols 
Maybe it doesn't look like the idols of the day in Thessalonica. But have we really turned from idols? The idols that are in our United States of America today? To serve in a living, vital way? The living God? To wait for His Son from heaven? Or is it almost like a bondage to us? I trust that it'll be it'll be in that that anticipating and uh, harmonious way. That's the other thing here in, in verse eight. They didn't only uh, mimic the the uh, those who brought them the gospel, and they were models to others. But but they were they they were. People who sounded out the word of the Lord. They, there was there was a harmony. Now we don't all do the same, do we? But in in harmony, each in their area of gifted service, serving the living God, and in harmony. I just like that because I like harmony. I like harmonious music. We were hearing that this morning. The Lord made us to be able to make a sound that that can sometimes be harmonious. We'll do it better when we get, you know, completely redeemed bodies. I mean, because we teeter and totter and miss notes and all the rest. But it's still it's a it's a wonderful thing to harmoniously raise praises. Where here's harmonious praises that are harmonious praises of service. They're being offered up together. To God as we wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead. This is just as sure as the living Christ. Just as sure as the living Christ that He's coming back because He's alive and He's delivered us from wrath to come. Now, there's a day of... This would be, I believe, referring to this day of wrath that is coming on this world. Because it's ripening for the judgment of God, the day of the Lord. But He saved us from that. You see, we're, we're not going to pass through that great day of His wrath on this world. But He saved us from wrath as we anticipate uh, His return. Now let's look in chapter 2. <clears throat> Chapter 2, and uh, let's read at at verse 7. There's so much here that we could enjoy, but verse 7. We were gentle among you as a nurse cherishes her, her own children as the thought. So being affectionately desirous of you, We were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable to any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Your witnesses and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. 
as you know how we exhorted, comforted, and charged every one of you as, as a father does his children, that you should walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom. Let's, we could read more there, but let's just go on to, to verse number 19. For what is our joy? Pardon me, what is our hope? Or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. See, the, these workers together, the Apostle Timotheus Silvanus, had not only faithfully, sacrificially, carried this gospel, this message of life to a people that were dead, this message of a living God who could be real and vital in their lives. But then he he nurtured them and cared for them. How's our... How is our care for one another? Maybe this needs tuning up in 2012. We can be kind of ruthless. We can see the problems others have and we can stand back kind of with a whip and kind of give them a little lash here and there, tongue lashing at least. What is he saying? I'm sure they had their problems. They they needed a lot of correction. What does he say? We're gentle among you, like a, a like a nurse that 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 cherishes her own children, like a like a father that that charges that 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 has such a care for his children. And he doesn't sit, just sit back when they need discipline and, and think of the easy route. You see, so sometimes it's, we need those to come alongside and it's done out of love to just tell us how we should be. Because they care for our souls. They care for us. And, and he says, well, that's... It was obvious. He wasn't informing them, but he was reminding of them, them of his how that they had in verse eight. They're affectionately. We were affectionately desirous of you. We were willing to impart to you not just the gospel, not just the truth, but they gave themselves. They gave themselves. Their care. For, for that, those young believers in Thessalonica was so at the uppermost of their hearts and minds they, they just gave themselves. Do we give ourselves to the spiritual interests of one another to the point of the sacrifice of our own comforts and pleasure and whatever 
but to, but to actually give our own souls. Why why was he why was he so caring, so giving? Uh, that that just brings us to that that end of the chapter that we read. Because he speaks of of these believers as uh, you, you are our joy. You are a crown of rejoicing. You, all of you, in the presence. He's looking ahead. He's seeing these people that God has delivered. They're one day going to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus at His coming. Yeah, this was at His coming. They're going to be there. And as they're coming along that way in anticipation and they're waiting, he, he, he wants to be sure they're nourished and healthy as, as spiritual children. Because He anticipates them being there at the coming. This is a challenge to me in relation to this new year. Uh, are, are my heart's affections on seeing others in this world who are in their sins today at His coming, they're going to be there and that brings joy. Have you experienced the joy of being used of God to influence someone else? And they're going to be there. Not a, this isn't a throwback. This is, this is a very humbling thing that we're talking about here. This is a, this is a, this is a, a recognition of the grace of God that He could use you and use me. You see, most, most of this work that he's talking about here being done is not done where I'm standing. Most of it is done right out where you and I live every day. But are we living it in the end? in the motivation of seeing some of those we work with, people in our neighborhood, our own children. Listen, parents, as you raise children, it it isn't, the main goal is not seeing them graduate from high school with a 4.0 and going on to the best universities and getting the best uh, job. I hope that is is certainly not at the top of our minds. I'm not finding fault with the reality of doing a good job, and that's that's good. But I hope we're living as parents, being examples to them, them seeing and and, and grandparents, them seeing our life, us being an example that they see we're serving the living God. We're not, we're, not, we're not bound in a box of this is the way our religion does it. 
That's not it. We're serving the living God and we're waiting for His Son from heaven who has delivered us from the wrath to come. And while we're waiting, we're, we're, we're living to care for other believers. And we're living that we might have those that are there at His coming that are there because God in His grace has been fit, has chosen to use us in that work. And the Apostle, I can just see the smile on his face as he's writing to them. And what is our joy or hope or crown of rejoicing? It's you all in the presence of our Lord Jesus that is coming. And those Thessalonian believers, and they're listening to that, they're perhaps shedding a tear that Paul would come even after having experienced such persecution at Philippi and then he comes there to Thessalonica and he keeps at it and he's experiencing persecution there and they see that example and they see that heart and they say, we're going at it too. And they say, and maybe there'll be others there and there'll be our hope and joy crown of rejoicing. Well, chapter 3, there we have it again. Let's just read it. We're not going to have time time to uh, speak about it much. Chapter 3 and verse 12, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love, one toward another, and toward all. See, these Thessalonian believers, they were on track, but none of us have arrived. We won't have arrived. As long as we're here, we haven't arrived. He's just saying, I want you to increase and, and abound in love one toward another and toward all. <laughs> They'll know that you're my disciples because you have love for one another. Even as we do toward you. To the end, He may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. There's a challenge in in view of His coming. Because you see, we're we're walking about in 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 a spiritual minefield. No, we haven't arrived... And and uh, we need to be preserved. We need the grace of God that we won't we won't be tripped up. That we'll be presented. That that we'll live in holiness, unblameable before God, living in the conscious awareness of His presence with us day by day. We haven't arrived. May we be preserved until it's coming. Chapter 4, we've read it this morning, but let's just read those verses 13 to 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep or those believers who have died already in Christ, that you sorrow not... Like others, there's sorrow, but it's not as others who have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus, or since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him, because they're with Him. There we have another assurance that those who have gone are with Him at this moment. And this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remained until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Yes, there's difficulties. There's sorrows. There's there's uh, separations, there's partings. <laughs> but we don't sorrow like people that don't have hope. It's really true. It's really true. The sorrows that we experience, the separations that we experience are just, just momentary. And we're going to be forever together with the Lord because He's coming back. Just, let's just read the final verse there in chapter 5. Verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just be renewed. Like these Thessalonians, because we can all be in despair. We can all be weighed down. We can all be tripped up. We want to know the preservation of the Lord until His coming. We want to be found faithful, occupied, busy till His coming. Because others are still serving idols. Let's, by our lives, show what it means to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son. May we adorn the doctrine of the Gospel, showing them not by what we necessarily, what we don't do, but by the living reality of our faith and the living reality of waiting for His Son from heaven that we have a living God, a living hope. May the Lord help us to be anticipating His coming. Should I pray? Or is it? Okay. Father, we thank Thee today for...